Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to achieve stubborn weight loss. I do my best work when I work with PCOS urban women in their 30s who are embarrassed about their weight but want to feel comfortable in their bodies and are able to lose stubborn weight naturally. In this podcast, we talk about various topics including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because one episode will be released every single week. Hi everyone! Today I would like to introduce you to Gemma Berry. She's the founder of Well Woman Project. She used to be a nurse and is now an expert in helping her clients deal with period problems and is trained in abdominal massage therapy. I wanted to find someone who is knowledgeable about periods and period-related conditions such as fibroids and endometriosis. I stumbled onto her website because she sells unique products um, using herbs and forming tinctures. So I'm really delighted to have Gemma on the show today. Welcome. Hi, Melissa. It's great to be here. How are you? I'm great. So who, you know, who do you actually serve? Like you used to work in a nurse and now you're like forming your own business. What's, what's going on here? So, um, yeah, I nursed for about 15 years and I've always had quite a interest in, um, alternative therapies and things um and i first set up my uh, my own business about eight years ago working with pregnant women um and birth it was a doula taught hypnobirthing and all that kind of thing and then um i got unwell with what i now know as endo and adenomyosis um mm-hmm. but didn't know that at the time and had to take a step away from my business um Mm -hmm. and then once I found out what I had I kind of created the well woman project um because of my own sort of healing journey I suppose with everything and found there was a real need um and want from women out there to have another alternative to help with their their health and their periods hormones cycles and all that kind of thing really Mm -hmm. so um yeah it was kind of an organic growth um which has proved to be quite popular (laughs) it's always like that isn't it it's like we we go through something you know you go through a personal experience a journey and then you end up like okay I want to help someone I'm going to start my own thing Um, yeah so what have you actually learned about you know what you've been through like did you have a lot of support from your doctors or you had to go um through. not so much uh having a medical background was really helpful um because um it's all well and good saying to people you know just listen to your body trust your body but uh when you don't know too much about what's going on in your body um it can be you know really easy for us to just put all our trust into doctors and yeah they know their stuff for sure but they don't always know what may be best for you um and in terms of women's health um there is still very much the options of just surgery or hormones um and after i i had a, a large ovarian cyst that mm-hmm. um had been misdiagnosed for many years um and I knew that it was something wrong with my uterus and it was my period right. and everything else, but I kept being told, Oh, it's kidney stones or oh, it's IBS oh. or, you know, it's everything other than what I was saying it was. So I felt really uh, not, not heard, not listened to. Um, and when eventually we found out that it was endometriosis and adenomyosis, 
and fibroids and the cyst. I like to be thorough. Right. And did you, <laughs> did you have to go through like many doctors to get to that stage? Like, did you have to have like a second opinion, a third opinion? Cause no one. Yeah, was able I, to I had, um, I had a couple of episodes where I collapsed. So I was taken into our emergency service, our A&E um, department and uh, no one, no one really knew what was going on. You know, I wasn't had lots of tests and nothing was really conclusive as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, eventually when I found out that I had a cyst, I had to have surgery to have that removed because it was so big. It was about the size of a melon by the time um, wow. it was discovered. Yeah. Uh, and then by having that surgery, I found out about the endo and the adeno. So mm-hmm. um, my consultant wasn't very helpful, if I'm honest. Um, she said to me, I need to either start hormones or have a hysterectomy um both of which I didn't really want to have Mm -hmm. Uh, and when I said I was gonna find my own way with it and treat it holistically with diet and exercise and alternative therapies um she just kind of said you'll be back here begging for me to take all of this away for you in 10 years time you know none of this is going to work yeah um so yeah it wasn't really very uh very supportive um but I had faith in myself and yeah. knowledge as well um mm-hmm. and i you know i had the right support around me um right. which i think is really really key for women um is to find the right people to surround them mm-hmm. like a thriving community yeah definitely right so let's uh break it down a little bit for like the audience what, mm-hmm. what is uh you know endometriosis and adenomyosis what do you so mm-hmm. they're kind of similar uh, mm-hmm. endometriosis um in a nutshell is a condition where parts of the um, lining of the womb, the endometrium grow on the outside of the uterus. Um, and it, I mean, it can be found anywhere in the body. It's been found in the brain in the nose, uh, right up That's into the digestion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, mm. it is a kind of strange and weird um, disease for sure, but predominantly it's, it is found in and around the pelvic space. Right. Um, and, adenomyosis is found within the uterus so it's the same uh, same sort of thing the lining of the uterus becomes very thick and uh, it grows into the muscle of the uterus so mm-hmm. the condition can create quite a lot of pain um, create heaviness in, uh, in your um, period and things like that amongst a myriad of other symptoms um, mm-hmm. you know there's there's symptoms as long as your arm but um, it's an inflammatory disease. Uh, so diet and lifestyle and all of that stuff does mm-hmm. make a big impact um, into, into your health and things. But it's really underfunded and like loads of women have it. It's like one in 10 women have it. Um, so it's mm. quite popular. But because of this... Um, popular, that sounds terrible. It's quite... I know. <laughs> um it's uh but because of this kind of belief in my personal opinion because of this belief that periods are meant to be horrific and painful Mm. um women aren't heard uh and a lot of the time they're just told yeah but that's how it's meant to be so it can't be that because that's meant to be normal um and so it takes a good 10 years for averagely for a woman to be diagnosed with endometriosis um, and adenomyosis even even less is known mm-hmm. about that um, yeah. but the two can be together not always but yeah 
Yeah, that's crazy. Like the period pains. Um, yeah, even my, for myself, you know, having PCOS, even PCOS women, we would have really heavy, heavy cramps, period pains. And it sometimes can be really kind of confusing. Like you don't know yeah. when you should go to the doctor to really kind of further check it out. Um, yeah. When do you think it's the appropriate amount of time of tolerating before you, you know, demand a really thorough check by your doctor? I think um, like Mother Nature isn't an idiot and I don't think she would make it so that women were disabled by their periods every month. Right. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, of course. Like mm-hmm. it's something that happens to us regularly and it shouldn't be something that disables us from our everyday living. Mm-hmm. So um, it's quite interesting when I say to, you know, when I talk about periods not needing to be painful it's quite a marmite topic you know people are like oh but it has to be or i expect it to be or uh you know whatever else and i, I think that's the big meme is that we expect that and we think that's the norm mm-hmm. um of course like our uterus doubles in size so it's going to be heavier um we will feel less like jumping around and you know doing all that kind of crazy stuff so i believe that as long as we're as long as we match our sort of energy appropriately to what is happening mm-hmm. in our body and we do allow ourselves to slow down a little bit um, and create space for that uh, period to happen. If it was an arm or a leg that was bleeding like that every month, mm-hmm. then you know, we would probably look at it completely differently. Um, but I do think there is still this kind of, or we have to sort of run at a thousand miles an hour when you've got your period. And really right. if we, to slow down a little bit it would be really helpful for us um but if we're if women are like needing to reach for pain relief every single month you know or they're bleeding so heavily that they're changing sanitary uh, towels or cups tampons whatever like really frequently like every hour and things like that that they're in so much pain that they can't get out of bed or you know they're not able to function and that kind of thing that's not that's not normal um and it may be that sometimes your periods can be worse than others like every now and then you might get the mother of all periods and think crikey where did that come from Mm -hmm. um but it's you know it takes three months for that egg to fully mature to go through all the uh you know process and then be released so the period that you have today is actually a period that has developed three months ago. So right. if we're experiencing lots of stress, um, you know, lifestyle, changes. lifestyle stuff and all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. then it will be reflected in our bleed because it is a fifth vital sign. Um, you know, if like athletes and stuff, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, women who are not eating enough, uh, their periods mm-hmm. will disappear. Um, because yeah. the body can't, you know, there's not enough resources going on because they're putting in an excess amount of stress on the body. So your period will disappear. So it is absolutely um, a key point to how your mm-hmm. health is overall. Um, and if it's really disabling, then it's definitely time to get it checked out. Yeah, I, I guess it's, it's just right. to talk to your peers, your friends, mm-hmm. your family and see what theirs are like. Because again, mm-hmm. we don't talk about it. So um, you might think that yours are normal being that way. But then when you speak to other women, you're like, oh, 
that's different. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like it. It's like changing the mindset about your periods and like the perspective on, you know, it's common, but it's not normal. Common symptoms yes. are not necessarily normal. Exactly. Um, and I would, I would also like to put in that women, so coming off birth control, I got off birth control and it was, you know, my periods came back with a vengeance. I yep. suddenly got hit with such heavy cramps, couldn't get out of bed. And I think that's also, you know, being off the pill, it's also like kind of a, like a source of period pains. Yeah. And that's really common. I think women, most women don't see that as a symptom of getting off the pill. They think like, oh, my periods would just bounce back. So I'm yeah. glad you brought that up about, you know, having a chat with all your friends and seeing how it is, how it differs. Yeah, definitely. I think, that, I mean period shame and stuff is a big is a big deal nowadays and I'm so glad to see that that is being talked about and and that you know it's not really a big deal asking your friend your mum or your sister or whoever Mm -hmm. what their periods are like because how are you how are you meant to know kind of what the benchmark is if you've never if you've never talked or asked about anybody else how would you know anything if we didn't share Mm -hmm. that kind of knowledge you know so yeah. yeah, it's really important. So how do you address period pain with your clients? Like based on, you know, just besides changing the mindset, like is there any like herbs or tinctures that you use pretty commonly? Yeah. Um, so I have my own range of um, herbal products in my shop and stuff. So I've got two uh, things called Calm the Cramps, which is one's a belly rub and one is um, a, like a tincture. Um, mm. Oh, that so yeah, sounds so soothing. Yeah. <laughs> a belly rub. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the belly rub is really great. I mean, it doesn't have to just be belly. You can rub it into your back or your legs, mm-hmm. wherever you might need it. Um, but that has uh, St. John's wort and uh, meadow sweet, um, some clary sage oil and uh, lavender and, and that kind of thing. So Beautiful. they're like a topical um, herbal rub, uh, which both of those things are really helpful for pain relief to be rubbed topically. Um, and then herbs to take uh, internally. So as a tincture, so you would take that like syrup. Um, a tincture is something that's been seeped in alcohol. So um, you can dilute that further with water or boiling water, put it in tea or whatever else. Um but things like cramp bark um, is really popular and that kind of, as the name suggests, it's really good for cramps. So all of these herbs are very good at um, kind of sedating uh, the uterus and, and helping it like just relax and relax those mm-hmm. muscles. So they're very specific for, for cramps and things around the uterus. But uh, so cramp bark, black haw, um, pask flower and motherwort. Uh, mm-hmm. four of the herbs off the top of my head that are really helpful for um for pain relieving um yeah which uh, all work sort of similarly um mm-hmm. but what's amazing with herbal stuff is that a lot of herbs will do several different things so they might work right. around menstrual problems but they also work in digestion or mm-hmm. immunity or things like that but if you don't need that in your body then it won't do anything for that so it will, mm. they will only work on the areas that they need to work in the body right like a specific use basically yeah yeah and so for someone you know who doesn't know any of these herbs like it would just be better to take something as a combination like a tincture yeah, i think so so um 
if you're if it, it's always best to go and speak to a practitioner really mm-hmm. um, right. instead of just kind of trying to buy things off the shelf um but if you can find someone who has blended things specifically then those those things will be all right to take yeah. um because they'll be like measured up in the right quantities and mm-hmm. you can just use it off the shelf but uh yeah if you're looking to um you know use specific herbs it's always good to speak right. to someone who's in the know so uh mm-hmm. they can guide you and make sure that it works for your body and if you're on any other medication or anything like that yeah right so we covered the mindset piece um having herbs in the body to you know soothe our periods um i'm also thinking you know meditation yoga kind of switching up the exercise routine here would be really useful um i definitely see a lot of women we kind of jump on the whole male bandwagon of working every day and like kind of working according to their clock but we're actually on a 28 day cycle so it makes sense for us to kind of wind down during a period week Uh, could you speak a little bit more about that i think um women are kind of running themselves to the ground right now yeah yeah definitely so i don't know if you've seen the um the cycle split is in uh the seasons of the year so spring summer winter Mm -hmm. yeah um so our winter would be our period our Mm -hmm. spring is pre-ovulation summer is ovulation and then autumn is premenstrual um and it's kind of nice it's easy way of of looking at it remembering (coughs) charting is one of the best ways um to understand where you are uh and it's really important not just in terms of when you get your period but also charting all your energy levels so that you can try and work with your period and your cycle Mm -hmm. rather than it kind of side blinding you which it does a lot Mm -hmm. of the time um so i i chart mine i've got um i've got a freebie on my website actually if you sign up for my newsletter you get this charting course and everything with it um because i'm old school i like to do it written down because i've lost yeah same i love it (laughs) there's nothing yeah there's nothing better than you know writing and drawing with your hands yeah 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 it looks really satisfying when you've got this like this whole chart of you sort of spread out over the year Mm -hmm. as well um but uh yeah charting like things like your energy levels your um like how much sleep you might feel or uh cravings um if you're feeling like really high energy uh like pain what your period's up to like all of this Mm -hmm. stuff um can go down on this chart and it creates this sort of image of you and then uh you can kind of work with your period then so that during your bleed maybe you're not having to do big meetings at work or um Mm -hmm. you you can at least maybe ask uh your partner that you might need a little bit more help with stuff around the home or the kids Mm -hmm. or um you know if you haven't got kids like me you can just bed down and go into hibernation mode you know (laughs) whatever works for you it might be having a treatment it might be getting outside for a walk Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't always have to mean sitting still but it's just it's just appreciating and acknowledging that your body is actually losing um, mm-hmm. and you know the energy levels we are much lower at that point and our patience is much lower and i think yeah. if you're going to try and push yourself too much at that point 
um, you don't feel that sort of frustration of, oh, I just can't do everything. Um, and then yeah. when you're coming back up to your spring and summertime, then, you know, you feel like you're cooking on gas and you can spin all the plates and you've got yeah. heat storage and you can do all of the things with your eyes closed because estrogen is like running around and she's really fiery and gets all that kind of thing done. And then once she starts to slip away and you come back into your autumn and winter again, you know, progesterone's kind of running the show and she is mm -hmm. much more of a hibernation hormone, you know? Yeah. So I think if we allow ourselves to, to work with that ebb and flow and not mm -hmm. so much, the, right. the because it's very much like when it happens for real, like now we've got shorter days here in the UK and you're like, Oh, I miss the sun. I miss the warm. Totally. Really? I don't yeah. want to hibernate. But then when you get mm -hmm. into it and you're like, you can cozy down and you can shut the <laughs> curtains, you can put the heating on and you're really warm. Mm -hmm. Like you really like appreciate that downtime and not having to socialize so much and, and mm -hmm. just being a lot more quieter and introspective. And I think the beautiful thing is, is we have that opportunity to kind of mm -hmm. regrow and almost rebirth ourselves every single month if we choose to. Um, mm. And we have a new stab at, at everything and, and, and so much creativity comes out of that just from the very nature mm. of, of yeah. what it's doing. So yeah, I think you can get really creative with it and really work with it, but you kind of have to have that knowing um, about yourself um, and, and a sense of acceptance that you're not going to be at the high the whole time. Mm -hmm. But having said that, once you go through the menopause, then you are at that high. <laughs> <laughs> That's something to look yes. forward <laughs> yeah I love that I love the whole description about the menstrual cycle about the kind of the pulsations we're kind of you know up and down all the time yeah. and I love that you brought up the whole partner part because so right now I've been charting my emotions according to you know the whole seasonal phase but yeah. I've also added in the moon phases so yeah. nice. you know seeing if I'm ovulating either on a full or new moon and I've done it like two cycles now and yep. it's really kind of like, you know, at the same time, like, yeah. um, it's pretty amazing because, you know, the phase of the moon also kind of tells us when we should be going and when we should be kind of introspective, reflecting. Oh, there he is. Just when I was talking about the moon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. yeah. Yes, the moon is is amazing. Uh, it is amazing. I'm a, I'm a new moon bleeder. Um, sorry, a full moon bleeder. Uh, mm -hmm. So I obviously need that extra bit of energy. Um, right. So uh, and also like cycles aren't always twenty eight days. It could be yeah, exactly three or thirty four. You know, whatever works. Yeah. For, mm -hmm. for people. But, um, even if you are that bit longer or shorter, it somehow always seems to marry up with that. So right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and a word on this, I feel like every woman who has a partner should be doing this, like charting their seasons mm. and like, you know, writing down what I need, what I want. And so if my partner, you know, he's like, oh, are you like in your fall or winter phase? I can just be like pointing at the refrigerator. Look what I, look what I need now, right? Like just yeah. kind of having that um, structure in place so that yeah. you know it doesn't cause any crazy craziness moods yeah yeah I think it's so important to talk to the people who you live with 
um, right. about where you are in your cycle um, and, and your kids and stuff as well too I think uh, you know obviously when they're old enough to yeah. understand it and, and all of that but I think mm-hmm. being really open about your periods and cycles and things is such a good thing to do and also like kids just take it as it is but I don't think they get as freaked out about it as we think they might do um, mm-hmm. one of my friends uh, was in the bathroom with her little boy and he was about three and he said really loudly it's like mommy why have you got jam in your pants <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, yeah seriously oh that would crack me up so much that would make me feel better already <laughs> <laughs> exactly <coughs> yeah it made me laugh when she right. told me that <laughs> yeah. so um so you also um, offer this thing called Mizan. Is it yep. pronounced that way? Massage therapy. And that's for period pain as well. So could you talk yep. a little bit more about that? Yeah. So uh, Mizan is a, a abdominal massage. It's kind of working around the midriff really mm-hmm. um, from sort of under the bra lines, just above your pants. Uh, and uh, I think in the States is like Mayan massages that's very similar oh yes i've seen that yeah Yeah. okay um and uh it's an amazing treatment like i'm able to determine like if whereabouts the woman's uterus is uh so Mm -hmm. if it's slightly leaning to one side or the other or if it's tipped backwards um and uh i can adjust pelvises and things as well so if pelvises are out of alignment um Mm -hmm. then I can help put that back together again, which all of that means you have better flow, you've got better circulation and everything working in and around your pelvis. But it also works around the digestive system, liver, um, which again helps with enabling the body to clear out toxins more effectively. Um, and in and around the back, it frees up around the adrenals um, and spine and into the sacrum and lower back and things like that. So it's a very specific area and it really gets into the nitty-gritty of those points um <clears throat> and it's amazing like um women definitely feel a difference after having that treatment their periods will be different always um and sometimes it might take more than w- one treatment i mean mm-hmm. you know if you went for a deep tissue massage because you had knots and stuff in your back and things like that it would take more than one treatment to to fix right. that but once you get uh, into a place that, um, you know, things are, are looking pretty good, then it's nice to have that maybe once a month, once every six weeks or once every two months, however that works for you, really. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it really just helps get a lot of circulatory places, uh, circulation mm-hmm. going into those places um, mm-hmm. and helping to clear the toxins from the body. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it is a great treatment. Um, all women need it really it's not just those with problems like it it's useful to all women right would it so it would also help like women with irregular periods such as women with pcos yeah yeah absolutely it's great for all like issues that you could possibly have with um Mm. with your cycle um but yeah every woman would benefit from it um and along with the when i work with women uh with the mizan you know, I then suggest herbs and things and lifestyle changes and nutritional changes and things like that. So it's quite an in-depth consultation, the first one. Yeah. Trying to go through everything. Um, 
but yeah it's great I love I love working with women seeing the transformations and um you know great for fertility as well and um, mm-hmm. I've had lots of of um successful uh treatments cool. where women had you know been able to get yeah. pregnant and stuff I, mean, I don't say it's just down to me but it certainly right. helped the situation you know so yeah, yeah it's um, so yeah, which it's part great. of which part of the cycle would a woman have to go in for treatment like specifically on her period or before you can pretty much do it any time other than when you're bleeding because obviously oh, okay. you've got, like enough going on then so right. uh, yeah ideally not around your period um mm-hmm. but yeah any other time but probably i would say towards your spring summer mm-hmm. uh, and maybe just tipping into your autumn would be when it might be the most beneficial yeah oh okay so it seems to me a little bit like chinese medicine when you said that like because you you're kind of doing a physical kind of work and then you're also prescribing like herbs and lifestyle and nutrition so it's kind of it brought me up to you know the acupuncture area yeah yeah definitely um i mean i think i've such a wide and varied interest in all um aspects of alternative health that you know mm-hmm. if there's anything i can pull in and um with experiences i've had or working with practitioners and mm-hmm. you know just talking with other practitioners and stuff then i'll always yeah. bring that in or you know i've got a great osteopath um, an acupuncturist that I will say yeah go and see them if you need any extra help and and stuff like that um so I've built yeah. a nice community around me so that women Aww. can be supported um, yeah that's great like a network yeah yeah it is I mean mm-hmm. it, it's not all just for one person to do like I, mm-hmm. I definitely feel it's you need to input the right people for every stage really so um, yeah yeah do you see it like gaining popularity in the UK at least like abdominal massages? Yeah, I think um there's still a healthy dollop of skepticism around it uh and yeah. um you know for anyone I would just say just try it and see. Um it is it's a really nurturing treatment uh and a lot of people can be skeptical about reflexology mm-hmm. for example because they're like oh it's just a massage on your feet and then they right. have it done and then they realize how amazing it is and they're yeah. all back. So also yeah. it's really painful. It's like it hard. Be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had that done before. Yeah. So um yeah, it's I think it is I think there's definitely a shift happening um mm-hmm. in the world. Uh you know, w- <clears throat> women are waking up to things like how much crap is in sanitary products and tampons and things like that that are commercially made uh and you know i know in the states they've just passed the law i think in new york now to they have to state what's gone gone into these mm-hmm. products um and i really hope that the uk follows suit with that really quickly uh but I, yeah i think it's, it's definitely gaining momentum you know women are waking up and wanting to know what's going on and i personally i don't think there's any kind of coincidence that we're seeing a rise in so much gynae stuff mm-hmm. and fertility stuff mm-hmm. and we're asking the questions about what's in our food and what's in our products and um, yeah. all of those things are massive endocrine disruptors so um yeah we uh, yeah i think there's a big period movement happening right now um yeah. there's actually i was a part of a fertility and wellness summit you know, it happened like two weeks ago and it was the first time I've heard about, you know, osteopathy and fertility, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
changing the myofascia to help with fertility like all these things they're all interlinked it was so interesting to me yeah yeah it is and you know given the right circumstances our bodies can heal from all sorts of things you know that mm-hmm. our bodies are, are an amazing machine and they're they're always compensating and they're always trying to keep us well and right. uh, you don't just get sick by accident necessarily you know it's yeah. it's something that manifests in you and uh so you know you can totally undo that as well um but it's it's kind of coming back to yourself like coming back mm-hmm. home to yourself and really starting to listen to your intuition and things like that so um yeah health is a is a really really interesting topic um but like you say it's true there's so many different facets to it yeah um, so many yeah and you know n- not one thing will be right for everybody and that's what i think is right. so amazing about the alternative health scene is that there's so mm-hmm. many different things um yeah. and i believe like if western medicine and alternative medicine came together then it would be like a really the best yes yeah. a force to be yeah. with. it almost seems like it's detective work right yeah. like oh finding something that fits me it's not like a one size fits all approach yeah, exactly yeah, yeah yeah which is where i think a lot of the time western medicine falls down is that it just mm-hmm. tries to pigeonhole people into these boxes and mm-hmm. uh, it's just not like that. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of uh, lifestyles, what do you uh, kind of recommend to your clients or, you know, women in general to help deal with their period issues? Like if they know they're going to get their periods, is there anything that could prevent it or, you know, improve their symptoms before yeah. their periods? Well, my number one, uh thing to say is change your sanitary products absolutely uh mm. to either organic disposable um products cups or cups menstrual cups or mm. reusable sanitary towels i mean mm-hmm. personally uh, environmentally it's great to use the reusable stuff as well but um there is so much rubbish in our sanitary products that you buy at the supermarket or whatever mm-hmm. um, that you know you, you're sat on it for the average of about five days yeah, you know, yeah. your body is being saturated mm-hmm. in these endocrine disruptors and women that you know who've had heavy bleeding and pain every month simply just by changing that has been a key step in uh, reducing mm-hmm. the bleeding and the pain that's so, incredible yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, mm-hmm. One thing, the first thing that I did as well uh, when I started out on my healing journey was to change to uh, reusable sanitary pads. And my cycle, mm-hmm. like for it, the first time it's ever been, was regular and right. I, and pain and bleeding was reduced just by doing that. I was like, geez, this mm-hmm. is really quite something. Um, and also... Um, you know, really kind of listening into your body and, and charting and finding out about yourself is also really important and finding where your highs and lows are. Because for some women, it might be during their period, actually, they get like an energy shift um, mm-hmm. and they feel that they can do more. Um, uh, whereas others, they just need to go into full hibernation mode. So it really like finding that out about yourself is really, really key as well. But they are definitely my the things that I sort of wang on about quite a lot to women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to drill it into them. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I think if I could say about one herb for women, I would say um, about Vitex, Agnes Castus mm-hmm. or Chase Tree, um, because it is, it is the women's herb, you know, that's all it does is help with regulating 
hormone levels and balancing things out and um you know you can great things can happen from taking that um again it's always great to work with a, mm-hmm. a herbalist with it um because i tend to put clients maybe who have got endo or adeno for example on higher doses than i would regularly say in what you can buy in my shop for example um but then i've got the skills to be able to do that but yeah it really it can be a great balancer um for hormonal stuff wherever you're at with things so if you're going to get involved with any i would say that was a good one amazing amazing tips i'm so glad that you talked about the sanitary products as the first step in changing a lifestyle usually people are always like okay what do i need to eat or what do i need to ingest and sometimes we really neglect like changing our environment you know Mm. looking at the products we use so i'm so glad you brought that up because also i'm on my own personal journey right now about kind of changing it and i've tried like the you know the period pennies and I'm looking at like some some cups. They're they're quite a you know a good variety right now. Yeah, of lot. organic liners and yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, the period mm-hmm. pants are great as well. Uh, yeah. a lot of women who are quite heavy um, bleeders can feel a mm-hmm. bit um, nervous about trying right or yeah. pads or mm-hmm. um, or the uh, period pants because they feel like they might not be absorbent enough. But as a heavy bleeder myself, I can definitely say they're great um and uh and i'd also say like when you're trying anything new like that just don't try it when you're off to work or you're going out totally yeah try it on a sunday when you're home yeah when you're at home it's not stressful you know (laughs) you can hang out in your sweatpants all day like Mm -hmm. try it then um and build up the trust with a new Mm -hmm. product uh, because yeah yeah don't try it on a first day at work on a Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, I totally get it. Um, I, yeah, I tried my pure panties on day four. And then now, you know, this month I've tried it on day three. So mm. I think day three is like kind of the max um, kind of uh, day where I can just go without any kind of liner or anything. Yeah. So it's just yeah. kind of knowing which part of your cycle that you bleed more or less. Absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, for me, I found the period pants have been great um, at nighttime. You know, uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're real, like, totally, like, leak-proof and, mm-hmm. you know, perfect if you go away or, you know, right. you have, have to sleep on pristine white sheets or anything. That can always be a bit of a, like, oh! Yeah. Um, but, yeah, great. You feel so bad after. <laughs> yeah, and we shouldn't. Right. It's just how it yeah. is, but mm-hmm. you do... You do kind of slightly panic about that, um, but yeah, uh, I think I think for me actually the kind of looking at products and uh, things that you use in and around the house um, that are disruptive to your endocrine system is is really a, a key piece of um, the puzzle really, uh, and it's an ongoing journey. And I I would say to to women or well, everyone really because it's helpful to us all. Um, that don't try to do everything at once um right. you know just take do change out little things like maybe your soap and then your washing powder and you know, then you know we're all trying to use less plastic mm-hmm. and stuff like that so yeah just do it bit by bit and if you you know if you keep the momentum going forward with changing these things out you know within mm-hmm. a year you've you will have really changed so much mm-hmm. in your life and and house and whatever else um, but yeah, don't think you have to do everything in a week because do you yeah. 
It's also expensive, man. <laughs> If I had to throw everything out and get everything like brand new and organic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and you know, and you have to work with what's important to mm -hmm. you as well because right. it can drive you a little bit batshit crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. worrying like oh my god because everything is toxic really when you look at it yeah. uh, so you to start with I definitely found I was being a bit neurotic about lots of things mm -hmm. and like over time I've sort of relaxed back on that and and been like right well this is the stuff that's really important to me mm -hmm. and this is what affects me the most so this is where I'll put my energies um, and uh, you know other things you'll get round to so yeah, yeah. it's just a lifetime's work really that's true and even if it's like really really small we don't really have to harp about it because our body is so good at kind of detoxing and fighting it if we're giving it the right nutrients anyway so yeah, it's just yeah. focusing on the really big ones yeah 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 definitely and i think what also happens is the more that you become maybe cleaner in your eating and right. cleaner in your lifestyle like your mm. body then becomes uber sensitive so when yeah, something exactly it's like, oh, no, that doesn't make me feel good. And it might just be something sat next to you or it might be something that you've actually eaten and you think, mm. oh, no, I can't eat any more of that or I don't like the smell of it or whatever mm. else. So you become really an expert in, you know, which is what we would have been like millions of years ago, you know. You would be sniffing stuff going, now that's poisonous. And yeah, right. that's thing, yeah. you, know? so you get that, yeah. you kind of get that sense back again. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm yeah which is good an innate sense of self yeah excellent so <laughs> this is the last question i wanted to ask you what do you wish for women with endometriosis to know like what is one thing that they need to know oh um, i know they're struggling <laughs> by themselves for years yeah definitely i think uh the one thing i would say is keep on talking about it keep on asking the questions and if you're not you know if you're going to a health practitioner that isn't satisfied you know satisfactory to you go to somebody else don't just think i have to give up here because i truly believe if you keep banging on the door eventually people have got to start to listen we are seeing that you know endometriosis is starting to be talked about more there was a massive story in the bbc here um last month uh, about studies that have been done about how women aren't, um, like men are uh, believed more than women about pain and things like that. Right, So, yeah. um, you know, things are starting to move, but I really think that uh, women who maybe suspect they've got endometriosis or have it already, or, you know, think somebody else might have it because they know the signs and symptoms, like keep banging on those doors and don't mm. stop to get the answers that you want. Be that from medicine medical professionals or alternative health mm -hmm. you know and also investigate the alternative health scene mm -hmm. um, you know reach out to people maybe like myself maybe or there's plenty of others out there who are doing work to help women with this because um i think you know we can all kind of maybe put bit, be put under the umbrella that we're all a bit kooky but we're not we're really like genuine and want to help and mm -hmm. You know, all of my practices can work alongside um, medical practices uh, and um, you know a lot of us are really well researched and, mm -hmm. and know what we're talking about and sometimes it is just having somebody to to talk to who gets right, it yeah um, you know yeah. and that's what a lot of women say to me you now is it's great to chat with you because you totally get it and understand mm -hmm. 
Whereas, you know, if you're chatting, especially to male doctors, like they might not because they don't understand. They just mm-hmm. will never have it. So, you know, yeah. I would say the biggest thing is don't stop talking about it and don't mm-hmm. stop banging on the doors until you get the answers that you want for sure. Just be curious, be open-minded, find love within a community that you yeah, can Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Right. <laughs> Great, this is so awesome. I feel like uh, we covered so much yeah. in today's topic. I love talking about periods and period products. I could talk about it all day. It's such a geek. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a really just one fun question for you. What's your favorite way of balancing hormones? Ooh, my favorite way of balancing hormones, um, I would say would be uh, using uh, Vitex for sure. Mm-hmm. It's really good. But I had also, a feeling you would say that. Yeah. yeah, but also really uh, balancing stress because um, mm-hmm. stress is a huge thing that I'm seeing more and more of uh, in my clinics and stuff. And it really can um, tip things all out of whack for women. Uh, and it's a bit chicken and egg because if you're, if you know you've got problems and you're not being listened to, that in itself is stressful. But uh, having practices that can help reduce that, be that exercise, mm-hmm. chatting to somebody, meditating, journaling, whatever, um, yeah. you know, get involved in that because uh, stress really is quite uh, debilitating to our hormonal um, mm-hmm. kind of health. Uh, and I would say everyone is uh, stressed <laughs> and everyone yeah, is susceptible everybody. to it um, right. and certainly if if women are suffering with periods and stuff like that like mm-hmm. I say it's just it's like a vicious circle so um, yeah having having something in place that allows you to decompress from that is is really really important um, for me that is yoga and meditating which sounds, I'm sure, to a lot of people be eye-rolling at that, at that and thinking, oh my God, that's so, like, you know, not Cliché very... Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally, like, in the, mm-hmm. you know, bit trendy and whatever else. Yeah. But my practice is, uh, you know, at home, I'm not doing any kind of amazing bendy things. I'm not very bendy at all, but it's just turning up to that and turning mm-hmm. up to myself. And it makes yeah. me feel better. So, um, you know, 20 minutes out of my day to do that is, is mm. kind of a non-negotiable, really. Um, yeah. yeah. But they would be my tips. <laughs> awesome. That's great. I love, love everything that you share with us today. Thank you so much for your time. I would love for, you know, everyone to know about your tinctures and all your herbs. Uh, where can they find you? So um, you can find me uh, at the Well Woman Project. Um, mm-hmm. that's, uh, my website is wellwomanproject.com. Um, I've got an Instagram account and a Facebook uh, page as well. So you can find me there. Um, I'm always posting lots of hints and tips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do mentoring and I have a shop for my herbs and stuff, which I do post to um, the States. So uh, you guys... Yes yeah can get involved <laughs> international yes yeah, absolutely okay, cool well Amazing. thank you for your time today thanks melissa it's it been really awesome great. all right till the next time bye <laughs>